0: today's january 26 2023 this is everyone has an opinion my name is juan and we are back with another boxing edition of the podcast it's been a while since we talked boxing but we are back to our regularly scheduled programming this weekend i think is going to deliver we have an action-packed light heavyweight matchup that I can't wait to break down. But before I get into that, let's talk about some of the things that have happened since I last recorded an episode. Uh, the last episode I did on boxing was the preview to the Tank Davis card against Hector Luis Garcia. That was a fantastic card. I thought all fighters on both sides for the most part delivered with one exception really. That was the Boots Ennis fight. I thought that fight was extremely disappointing. Don't get me wrong. Boots won every single round, pretty much. He just didn't get the stoppage. He didn't cut off the the ring very well. He didn't go to the body very well. I thought there were things he could have done and adjustments he could have made to make it a more impressive, more unforgettable performance. This was a performance where I was in the presence of some big tank fans and the topic of discussion wasn't what was going on in the ring. I was at a friend's house. We had some people over that were all interested in this card. And for the most part, we weren't talking about him. We were talking about what was going on at the food table. um, If anyone wanted another drink, what our plans were for the upcoming week, things of that nature. People were talking about Grand Theft Auto to the side of me. Like people weren't, locked in on the fight because it wasn't exciting. To me, that's a miss. On a stage like this, a Tank Davis pay-per-view, one of the biggest stars in the sport, on a stacked card, I thought you had a perfect opportunity for Boots Ennis to really broaden his fan base. You have a lot of people tuning in to see Tank Davis that aren't familiar with other boxers. A lot of people are just Tank Davis fans, believe it or not. So a lot of casual fans of the sport tuned in, heard about it being a stacked card, saw the co-main, and probably st- didn't think about him again, really. That's a missed opportunity, I think. It, it exposed some flaws in Ennis's game, I think. Up until this point, we looked at Ennis kind of like Superman, in a sense, where it's like, what can't this dude do? Well, We found out he's not great at cutting off the ring. He didn't make in-fight adjustments. And granted, I'm nitpicking here. I, I, I totally get that part. I'm not, I'm not here tearing apart his performance. Like he had a bad performance. He just didn't perform on the level that I thought he was capable of. And I've seen him perform at, in previous events. This was a guy named Karen that nobody had ever heard of. I thought he was going to get him out of there in extremely impressive fashion. That didn't happen. Um, The thing is, Karen didn't come to throw. He came to last. He came to go the entire distance. Similar to Sandro Martin, but Martin actually, threw punches, actually um, was effective at times in the fight. Even though he was low volume, even though he was boring, he was effective at times. Karen, on the other hand, didn't have any plans to exchange with Boots Ennis, not once. So he stunk out the fight. But Ennis could have made adjustments, could have cut off the ring, could have went to the body, like I said earlier. Those were the two things to me. That really stood out. Otherwise, the card was really fun. You had Roman Vila go to war with Speedy Rashidi. The first half of the fight wasn't too competitive. Rashidi was kind of running away with it. But we kept saying uh, Vila was coming forward nonstop. It was like, what is this guy made of? He was taking some big shots. and Not that um, Speedy Rashidi is a big puncher, because he's not. But the shots that he was getting hit with, Roman Vila was getting hit with, were clean, precise shots, and he continued to come forward, and that paid off in the end, dropping uh, Ellis multiple times in that fight, ended up escaping with a narrow victory. I personally didn't score it. Watching with the naked eye, like I said, I was at an event, and we were talking, I wasn't fully focused on scoring every single second of the round, but from my view, It looked like a close fight that could go either way. I kind of favored Ellis because the early rounds were not close. Second half of the fight, extremely competitive, fun, all action. But the first half, Ellis was really putting on a clinic. But he kind of fell off towards the end there. And that's where a guy with power and a high motor that just doesn't get tired, that's where that pays off in the second half of the fight. And that's what we saw. Uh, a couple Saturdays ago on that card. Another fight on that card was Boo Boo Andrade's first fight at 168 pounds. Demetrius Andrade looked good. He looked comfortable. He looked powerful, dropping his opponent multiple times, winning every single round. Didn't get the stoppage, but new weight. Um, a tough competitor that really took a lot of shots in his opponent. And He really showed a a variety. I loved the punch selection by Boots, excuse me, by Boo Boo Andrade. And he looked comfortable at the weight. He looked stronger. Like I said, he he's going to be a problem at 160. I just hope now in this new situation with PBC where there's a lot of fighters in his division, in his new division, at this weight and on this side of the street, if you will. I hate to use that term wrong side of the street. That's a famous Tim Bradley line that he used. But it does seem like Demetrius Andrade is on the right side. He has guys like David Benavidez, Caleb Plant, Canelo Alvarez is a free agent. You've got David Morrell, Guys in that division that are willing to mix it up that are all signed to the same um, backer, same advisor, Al Heyman. So hopefully after kind of introducing himself to the new weight, Andrade does get one of these guys, Charlo as well, I forgot to mention. Charlo can move up. Hopefully, Andre does get one of these guys to step in the ring with him and make an extremely exciting fight. That's the one thing missing from this dude's career. He's a southpaw. He's highly skilled. He's awkward. He throws punches from different angles. Love that huge looping left hand that he throws. Love the jab. Gets really low, dips low. He's an extremely in shape athlete who's always on point. He's always sharp. He's tough for anybody. The thing missing is opponents. He hasn't gotten a big fight in his career, and he's not getting any younger. He's in his early 30s. It is time to make these fights happen. And last but not least on that card, of course, with Javante Tank Davis winning via stoppage over Hector Luis Garcia. This was a fun one. Garcia started fast. um, Really found his rhythm at certain times in this fight, but it was tit for tat. I didn't think he won too many of the rounds, I thought he won maybe two two to three rounds, but there were competitive rounds, Tank Davis, of course, ends up breaking Luis Garcia down, landing huge, huge shots to the point, Hector Luis Garcia said he couldn't see, he didn't know where he was, you know how hard you have to hit a man for them to not know where they are, he didn't even get dropped, he didn't even go to the canvas, the people I was watching it with were all shocked, as was I that Hector Luis Garcia was still on his feet. How did he remain on his feet? Well, after that round in which we questioned, he didn't come out for the next round. He said, I don't know where I am. I can't see. That pretty much sums up the power that Javante Tank Davis possesses. I think his corner, Hector Luis Garcia's corner, did the right thing. They stopped the fight. As soon as their fighter said that, Because You don't want your fighter to go in there with a disadvantage. You can't see clearly. Um, You don't know where you are for a minute. You don't want your fighter going in with those extremely dangerous type symptoms that he was displaying. You don't want to end a man's career just to be a tough guy. And I know that sounds dramatic, but things like that happen in the sport of boxing. We see people die in this sport because they were left in the ring too long. They look fine. They finish the fight. Next thing you know, they're rushed to the hospital. Next thing you know, they have a brain bleed. These are the real things that have happened only in the past couple of years. We've seen multiple deaths in this sport. So anyone questioning the stoppage, like Roger Mayweather said, you must not know shit about boxing. Do your history. Do your research. Find the history of this sport and see the injuries that happen. the brain injuries. Live to fight another day. I know that's not the macho thing sometimes, but that is the right move for Hector Luis Garcia, a man that holds a championship at 130 pounds. There's no shame in losing to Tank Davis. One of the hardest hitters in the sport, pound for pound, undefeated multiple division champion. You lose to him, no shame. You go back to 130 if you can still make that weight, and you defend your championship in a nice little division where you could probably stand out as the best fighter. And Hector Luis Garcia is a really, really good fighter. He's just not elite. Javante Tank Davis is elite. That's the difference. As far as Javante Davis, from here, he goes to April 15th against Ryan Garcia. That is going to be a blockbuster event. Cannot wait for that to happen. That is going to be huge. That is going to be the fight that people at work are talking about. People at your job that have never even spoken about sports are going to say, hey, Are you watching the fight this weekend? Or hey, I heard there's a big event this weekend. There's a big fight. That Ryan Garcia guy, that Javante Tank Davis guy. These are names that are becoming household names. When they fight each other, both of their stocks will rise. This is a massive, massive event. Regardless of how you feel about these two guys, as far as boxing boxing skills, as far as their personalities, as far as their dedication to the sport. Regardless of your opinion on those, the fact remains, this is a box office attraction that will be a viral sensation. I think this will sell a million pay-per-views. Something that hasn't been done since Triple G and Canelo had their second fight. The third fight didn't even do that. People were soured on it by then. This is something that hasn't gone, that hasn't happened in a while. A million pay-per-view buys, for a boxing event. It hasn't happened in some time. I think this is the event. That beats that mark. That crosses the threshold. Of the 1 million pay-per-view buys. But that is just one of the massive events. We have this year. Great fights. Great matchups. We also have in talks. And should be announced pretty soon I believe. Now you're in a way moving up. To the junior band and weight division. Against. Stephen, cool boy, Fulton One of the best fighters pound for pound This is a matchup of two guys That have to be in your top 10 pound for pound Excellent, excellent matchup Pure boxer versus a boxer puncher Not only a boxer puncher, but a killer in in a way He has been destroying everyone in his path Four-division champion He's going up to his fifth division This is special, people. This is once-in-a-generation-type talent here by Inouye. But you're going against a guy who just may be too big and too skilled for Inouye. Is he? I don't know. That's why it's such an intriguing matchup. My personal favorite matchup currently on the schedule. Now you're Inouye versus Stephen Fulton. And I say on the schedule, no, this has not been officially announced yet. But it is believed to be extremely close. I think an announcement is happening soon. It's going to be in Japan. We do know that much. It's going to be in the spring. We do know that much. We don't know a date yet. We don't know a venue. But we believe it's going to be in Japan. And it's going to be a huge, huge event over in Japan. This is a type of fight that here in the United States may not get appreciated as much as it should. But it is one of the best pure matchups in this sport. Skill for skill. Accolade for accolade, this is up there with anything you can possibly make, and we're going to get it. It, It's a further example of how false the narrative is that the best doesn't fight the best. These are two undefeated champions. High, high level. It's going to be top-notch stuff. Cannot wait for that. That's one of them. Another matchup that is made as super middleweight in late March in Las Vegas. David Benavidez against Caleb Plant. These guys have had a rivalry outside the ring for years. Styles clash as far as their personalities go, as far as their backgrounds go, as far as their fighting styles go. These guys blend perfectly because they're opposites. David Benavidez, high-volume pressure fighter, big-time puncher, going against Caleb Plant, guy with great legs, Pause. I'm talking about his movement. You know that. Also, great defense by Caleb Plant. Extremely good left hook. One of the best left hooks in the sport. Has a little problem with the right hand, but that left hand is a gem. The jab and the left hook, incredible. David Benavidez, great body body puncher. These guys, tit for tat, can match each other in different aspects. One guy does one thing exceptionally well. The other guy does the other thing exceptionally well. These are elite fighters going toe-to-toe can't wait for that one. That's in March. We also have Devin Haney, who's going to defend the Undisputed Championship at lightweight against Vasily Lomachenko. That's another one. There's not a date yet for that, but we do believe we're getting that in late April, early May. That is going to be a great matchup. We also have to look forward to the heavyweight clash that is in talks. I believe we're going to get it. Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk, both been talking back and forth lately. I believe a deal is close to being announced. That's just speculation. Don't take my word for it. I'm just a fan like you guys. I'm not in the business. I'm I'm a man with a podcast. Everyone has an opinion. This just happens to be mine. I think this fight is close to being made. Just a hunch I have. Usyk, Fury, for all the marbles at heavyweight, that is going to be a fun one. A lot of people think it's going to be one-sided. I'm not one of those people. I've been a Usyk guy since day one. I'm backing him. I think he has what it takes to dethrone the Gypsy King. Is it going to happen? I don't know, but I believe it can happen. I believe he has the skills to do it. That's why we watch the fights. We've seen upsets before. Speaking of upsets, this weekend. Enough about talks that are happening in the uh, fights that are happening in the future. This weekend, we could have an upset. Is it going to happen? You tell me. Artur Beterbiev defending lightweight championships, excuse me, light heavyweight championships, 175 pounds we're talking here, guys that can crack. He is defending his championships against the man from the UK, Anthony Yard. This is going to be explosive. Two big power punchers. Arthur Beterbiev, unbeaten. Every victory is by KO. Guys do not hear the final bell with this guy. They don't know what it sounds like. They've never heard it. This dude does not allow you to get out of the 12th round. You have luck if you're getting past the halfway point in these fights. Joe Smith, his last victim, and I say victim because he brutalized his opponents, Joe Smith, his last victim. We expected that to be an all-action affair. We thought that was going to last several rounds. It did not. We saw a new side of Beterbiev. We saw a guy who had lateral movement. Go back and watch the first—I know it's a short fight. Go back and watch that fight. Watch how he comes out the first round. Moving around the ring. Why? Because Joe Smith, like him, is known for being a tough puncher. Not as devastating as Beterbiev. But he's known for being a big puncher, high volume guy, and we knew that was his only shot. So what does Baturbiyev do? He comes in with a game plan. This isn't a mindless guy just throwing hard shots. This is a technician. This is a highly skilled, extremely extensive, amateur background type fighter who has the knowledge to adjust just like that. Oh, this guy can throw big punches. This guy's going to come and invade my space and try and let off these shots and, and knock me out, I'm going to move around. This is something he hadn't displayed in his previous fu- in his previous fights. This is a champion showing you a veteran too. This guy's in his late 30s. He's a champion who's in his late 30s displaying new skills that we didn't know he possessed. You know how dangerous that is? This guy has many, many layers to him. I don't think People understand how deep this guy's game is. It sounds crazy. You look at his his knockout record or his resume in general. Say, this guy's just running through guys. He's a monster. He hits hard. We get it. No, there's more to that. He has layers to his game. He can move laterally, fluidly. too. not just move. He can move very well and set you up for those power shots. You add that to his game, it's going to be tough for anybody to beat him. If he comes into this fight, though, against Anthony Yard in his traditional come forward and just bang with you, then he could run into some trouble. Anthony Yard is one of the hardest hitters in the sport, pound for pound. He has power in both hands. He comes with huge right hooks. He's aggressive. He's extremely athletic, too. He's athletic, and he's strong. You could tell by looking at him. He's a strong guy. Anthony Yard is the type of guy you might think that you're in the wrong edition of the podcast. You might think you're listening to the wrestling edition when I talk about Anthony Yard because Anthony Yard is a guy that's going to get physical with you. He's going to grab you. He's going to wrestle with you. He's going to try and impose himself on you so he can land these big shots. He's going to invade your space. He's going to jump forward. When you're trying to create like a pocket to, to let your, your jab off and create distance, this guy's going to run in there and bum rush you, and and smother your offense, so he can let off his own uppercuts and right hooks. He also goes pr- uh, pretty well to the body with his left hand, but the right hooks and the right uppercut on the inside are going to cause issues for Berturbiev if he's not moving like he was in the Joe Smith fight. That's the only fight I can remember of his where his lateral movement is that impressive and that much on display. He's usually a Come forward, guy that'll trade with you. He'll, he will get in there with a jab as well. But he's more of a front foot heavy guy. Anthony Yard is going to be on his front foot. I believe that's his only chance. If he comes in and he tries to box with of oh, it's over. You can you could make the dinner reservations early that night. You can go out early. You can pregame early. Call your girlfriend extra early. Make plans early. If you see Anthony Yard coming out and trying to box with Viterbiyev because that fight will not last longer than three or four rounds. I promise you that. If Yard is able to come forward and grab Viterbiyev and wrestle with him and grapple him and clinch him and smother his offense, he has a good shot at at scoring the upset because he's going to be landing big shots of his own. (laughs) Viterbiyev, I mean, his game plan needs to be to start this fight with early movement because if he can move backwards sounds crazy for a dominating power puncher move backwards and catch yard coming in he's gonna have a field day he's gonna be able to pick yard off with his jab and then break him down with the power shots later because like yard better be of love to throw the right hook he also throws the left hook this guy is coming in throwing huge huge shots and he doesn't wind up too much with it but he does need a little bit of a distance. Beterbiev isn't an outside fighter, don't get me wrong, but he does need a little distance to get those shots off. That's why the back foot will work in his favor because Yard is going to be jumping forward, lunging forward, trying to smother and create offense of his own. So Beterbiev, if he's on his back foot using the jab and then coming in with the hooks later, that's that's really the best game plan for him. If he stands and just trades and doesn't move backwards and just comes forward all night, he could walk into something from Yard because Yard is the better puncher from a shorter distance. He doesn't need the distance that Biterbiyev needs. So expect fireworks in this fight. Either way it goes, both guys are going to be throwing bombs. The only question is how long is this thing going to last? It's not going to last 12 rounds, I can guarantee you that. First of all, because Beterbiev has never gone 12 rounds with anybody. He hasn't let anyone get the distance or go the distance with him. But also on Anthony Yard's side, his only chance is a stoppage. If he just tries to box with with Beterbiev, not only is he going to lose every round, but he can get knocked out that way too, so why would you even attempt it? Beterbiev is better in almost every single aspect. So Yard needs to make it an ugly fight and land something big because While Beterbiev is incredibly gifted, his defense isn't the best. It's not horrible, but it's not the best. That's for sure. This is a guy who's been down multiple times. He's not Superman. He's been down before. Anthony Yard has the power to put him down again, but he has to create that opening. It's not going to come. He has to make it happen. Sitting back and waiting is as good as waving the white flag as soon as the first bell rings. You have to take it to Beterbiev. But either way... It's going to be a fun one. Can't wait to see it. This is Saturday, the 28th on ESPN+. Plus. It's going to be early if you're on the East Coast. I believe the main event will be around 5.30, 6 p.m. Around that time, usually on the East Coast, we get fights late, midnight, 1 o'clock. So good news here is it's going to be earlier in the day. As far as the undercard, I don't really have anything to say about it. There's not much you could say about it that hasn't already been said about a dumpster. But that's neither here nor there. The main event is why we're going to tune in, and it's going to be action-packed. That's all I got for you guys this week. For any wrestling fans out there, if you're not aware, my previous episode wasn't a boxing episode. It was actually about the Royal Rumble, which is also Saturday night. So if you're into wrestling, check that one out. Thank you guys for listening. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Leaving that five-star review. I'm still on Spotify, but I'm also on Apple now. So not no longer a Spotify exclusive. Check me out on Apple or Spotify. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the fights. I'm out.